Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The following segment is from Monday, Football Monday, on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Uh, Pete, could I get a, a seatbelt sound effect that you're buckled in? That was super duper lame. Unlike our guest from SB Nation, the mothership. Um, I said Rachel's our fearless leader. This is our, our, our fearless swordsman. If we had to march into battle. Yeah. Pete Sweeney, I think we would want one J.P. Acosta leading the way. Speaking of going for two late-game situations, J.P., you're Jacksonville Jaguars. Talk about leading a sword into battle. They are unafraid. I cannot believe that they won that game yesterday. I was on the road coming back, so I didn't actually see it at first. I just kept seeing Twitter updates, and all I saw was people in all caps saying, Jags, or our Jags, or Trevor Lawrence, OMG. And I was like, oh, my God what happened i'm sitting there like shaking in the car just waking trying to make sure i knew what happened then the video comes along and i'm like oh my gosh they actually did it because my brother kept updating me with the espn app on the road and i'm like okay this this is turning out to be another like i'm prepared to be heartbroken by a justin tucker 80 yard field goal yeah and it still almost happened but it's it's an amazing win and a much needed win for the jaguars especially this jaguars team I mean, you could say this, right? I like calling them oh. R-Jags, by the way. Like, R-Jags. Like, there's a bit of an R-J there, just my two cents. I think I think he meant O-U-R. But anyway, so this is certainly the best Trevor Lawrence has ever looked, right? I mean, this this is what you were you were looking for when you, you take him that high. Absolutely. I think this game and in the past two weeks, this has been the Trevor Lawrence that we expected to see. Right. Even in the loss to the Chiefs, he was kind of handling everything that was being thrown at him. He had to make the adjustments to protection. He, he changed the play and audible sometimes when Spagnolo sent blitzes. But against the Ravens, this was just a masterful performance in the fourth quarter. I mean, there were throws, I think the first one to, uh, I think it was Zay Jones and mm-hmm. third down with like 46 seconds left against cover six. He threw it right in the hole between uh, Brandon Stevens and the safety back there. And it's just, those type of throws that he made all game in the first quarter, the first touchdown he threw to Michael Hasty was a whole shot in cover two between Marcus Peters and Chuck Clark. Like those are the type of throws you expected to see from the number one pick. That drive, that drive almost ended like a normal Jaguars game. That game had no, there was no reason the Jaguars should have won that. There was a false start. There was a holding. There was a sack fumble that made it second and 21. There were drop passes. That game almost ended the way normal Jaguars games end. But Trevor Lawrence played. He brought that team back. There was, this was the time where Trevor Lawrence carried this team to a victory. And you saw it in full effect the entire game. There were lulls to a point in the game. But, man, it was 
elite throw after elite throw on that game-winning drive. AP, when when you look at this, um, I don't mean to take away from the Jaguars part of this, but like, because the Ravens is like sort of a kingmaker game, right? Like we we beat the Ravens, we you know whatever. I I sort of feel like that's a little bit like the wins out of those sales, especially like the Ravens have not looked. We brought you on to talk about the Jaguars, but like the Ravens over the last two weeks have have not looked great. Um, like I. I does that take away any bit of it for you? Like, are you concerned about the Ravens, I guess? I am a little concerned about the Ravens. I think the alarm bells are going off a little bit. I don't I don't think this takes away from how monumental this win was for the Jaguars, sure. especially on the timeline of where they are as a team. They needed to figure out how to win games. The stat is real funny how, like, they have a higher uh, win differential or a, a point margin than the Minnesota Vikings, but the Vikings are, like, Right. Eight and two or like nine and two and the Jaguars are now four and seven. They needed to find out, find a way to win. This game was absolutely needed for this Jaguars team because they didn't know how to win games. They needed this. The Ravens are, they're such a weird team. They're so weird, especially on both sides of the ball. Offensively, like you have screen passes to Patrick Ricard. Pat Ricard's running deep routes. Like we don't see like he's Patrick Ricard, a 300 pound fullback running vertical routes. Like, it feels very much like they don't have any receivers, so they're trying to make do with what they have. But a lot of it is, like, they they have guys, but they're sticking in 13 personnel trying to run four verts with Pat Ricard, Josh Oliver, and Mark Andrews, and it's just not working really well. And then I think defensively, like, they have a lot of injuries on the back end, and that's hurting them a lot. Marcus Peters hasn't come back from injury the way he wants him to, but I think Marcus Peters is more of a man corner. He's playing cover two, and he's playing cover six. He's playing quarters coverage, and I don't think Marcus Peters is that type of corner. The Jaguars went after him a lot in this game. They went after him, like, basically the entire game-winning drive, almost the entire game-winning drive. Um, I think they're losing a lot of depth at DB, especially Kyle Hamilton not playing. And that's going to hurt them a lot and on the back end. So it's really just injuries on defense and Greg Roman on offense because that this offense should not look the way it does. JB, I want to get back to the Jags for a second and, and then winning this game. We talked about Trevor Lawrence and, and how well he did. But an uh, underlying story of this game was the play of Jamichael Hasty once Travis Etienne goes down. And I'm just curious as to how you feel the organization feels about ETN because you have a situation where it's ETN and James Robinson and ETN looks really good at the beginning of the year. They end up moving Robinson, but then they claim Daryl Henderson. And when ETN was healthy enough to go back in the game, I know that they're being a little bit cautionary there, but they decided to just hold him out and, and roll with hasty. So where is the state of Jags running backs? And, and do you think that this was just one of these outlier things? Or do you think it's a, a bigger statement about maybe wanting to do it by committee? Yeah, I think this is more of a outlier thing. I think Travis Etienne is the franchise running back. Um, the injury he had to his foot was the same injury that he had to uh, Liz Frank on last year that kept him out of his rookie season. So I think they're kind of being more precautionary with yeah. that. You don't want to have him out there on that bad foot, especially if it's the same foot they injured last year. Jamichael Hasty played well in his time in, but you can tell there's a difference between when Travis <laughs> is on the field and when Jamichael Hasty is on the field. I like the addition of Daryl Henderson because it gives him a different type of running back. Daryl Henderson is more of a, I'm not going to say he's James Robinson exactly, but if you right. need three yards, Daryl Henderson's going to get you three yards. That's the type of running back you need on a roster, especially 
when you get into later parts of the season where yards, especially in short yard situations, are really hard to come by. So I think Travis Etienne is still the franchise running back. It's just this last game, you don't want to risk him getting injured at all because he is probably, not even probably, he is the most explosive player on that offense. JP, well, this was kind of like the seminal moment for Trevor Lawrence, right? And there was like, it was an awesome moment. Like Marvin Jones is going off, like Zay Jones is going off, Christian Kirk, kind of the one quiet dude. Jermichael Hayes is getting involved. This was, I have to imagine, like the, this is why, you know, if I were you, like, this is why I wanted Doug Peterson game. Like, the, the, like so many coaches would be so afraid at the end. Obviously, we saw Brandon Staley a few hours later um, in Arizona with the Chargers, but I mean, that, like, to believe in, in, in the Jaguars. And I hate that people lump it up to that, like to say to believe in it, because it's just the smart decision to go for two, like regardless of, of who your team is. But that's why, like th- this, this was, this truly felt like the turning of a page um, in a lot of ways, a, a landmark victory for the franchise quarterback, for the franchise coach, just a positive step forward for the Jaguars overall. They absolutely needed this win. I think this is all the process like paying off. They've always been one of the more aggressive teams in the NFL this year. They've always been the ones who are going for two. They're going forward on fourth down. They're trying to increase their margin of victory. They're trying to get every chance they can to win at any moment. And it just hasn't worked because sometimes like they just don't have the talent to make those to make those plays and sometimes it just just bad situations. But they absolutely needed this. I think Doug Peterson was the perfect coach for this team, for this group that they have. I think they're one of the youngest teams in the league, and that kind of goes into the point differential thing where you're plus 12 in the win, in the point margin but are under 500 because you just don't know how to win. They needed to find mm-hmm. out a way to win sometime this year. You can't go into next year with all these close losses and say like, oh, well, I'm feeling very confident. Like, no, you need you need to find a way to win eventually. And this was the this was the game they found a way to win. And that's a real testament to the players and the coaching staff and the, the development that they've done this year. So now the Jacks sit at four and seven and, and we'll see what happens with the Ravens and, and their division. But this year should be a success, right? Like in your eyes, what does the record have to be to feel good? about what can happen in 2023 because i think we all agree that this the jags are not going to make noise in 2022 what has to happen the rest of the way to make you feel really good about the prospect of 2023 in the beginning of the season i said six wins would be fine with me and we're at four right now so if we just get two more i'll be fine like (laughs) i think i've seen enough from trevor lawrence to say yeah like yeah that's our franchise quarterback i've seen enough from the guys that are on offense say like hey we get calvin ridley in here next year we add another receiver in the draft. Like, yeah. hey, maybe we can turn this offense into something that can be really, really fun to see. Because I can tell that the development is happening. Like, even, like, Zay Jones pulling in those passes. He had over 100 yards like, on Sunday. That's not something I expected from Zay Jones coming into the season. Christian Kirk is playing such a huge role this year. Um, and then defensively, there was a little bit of a miscommunication. I think having Chad Muma run with Deshaun Jackson, regardless of how old Deshaun Jackson is, is not a good thing to do. But you can tell that there's development happening there. So I think all you really wanted to see was the young guys get developed and just win win some games. Like so six wins, I'm fine with. Let's go into next year. We'll bring in Calvin Ridley. We'll bring in some guys in the draft, more free yep. agency choices. And let's go see if we can win win some more games next year. 
Mm, very well said. He is on Twitter at Acosta32 underscore JP. Uh, read all of his fantastic work at SBNation.com. JP, you rule. We hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving, and we're glad you had some safe travels. All right. Thank you, guys. You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.